being from here and growing up here and raising kids here, what I value so much is the real depth of culture, like true depth of culture, especially getting into music with my son. And I can point to my high school and be like, a certain kinds of music were birthed from different scenes. And it's a special thing growing up in a place and raising kids in a place where we have access to industry, all kinds of industry. You want to be in aerospace? We got that here. You want to be a florist like me? You want to be an artist? You want to be a writer? You want to be in the movies? You want to... We can do everything. Hello and welcome to Here in L.A., South Robertson edition. Today we talk with Brooke Wetzel, who is a floral artist, a longtime Angelina, a mom, and a giant music fan. She's known her husband since she was 13 years old. How cute is that? We will talk about some hood, some hood, some hidden gem food. That's, that's hard to say. We'll talk about some hidden gems in the food and coffee departments of South Robertson. There's departments there, I guess. And which famous actor bought her childhood home? And what it was like growing up in Venice before the cops built a substation on top of the skate spot. So with no further ado, here's Brooke. Hey everybody. I am in the backyard of Brooke Wetzel in South Robertson neighborhood. Yeah. We, we Those are question marks, people, because we're not real <laughs> sure. But, I mean, who who better would know than somebody who lives there? You live in South Robertson. Yeah, I, I say it's South Robertson. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll, I'll describe it. It's one of those little pockets of neighborhoods where I use actual, like, landmarks, descriptors, you know, by the 10 and national. You may have passed it on the freeway yes. right on the 10. Don't people know Hamilton High? They should know Hamilton High. Karen Bass went there. She did? Yeah, so did uh, uh, Fiona Apple likes to deny it. Why um, did she deny it? I don't know. I remember listening to her on the radio when I was in high school and people were super hyped. She only went there for maybe like a semester before I was there. Isn't Shia it? LaBeouf. Really? Yes. Hamilton High, I thought, is like the magnet school of all magnet schools yes. for entertainment. Yeah, performing arts, yeah. Right. A lot of actors, a lot of actors. And so why would Fiona say, nah? Where did she say she went then? Well, she said she grew up in New York. Oh. So I think it was more of like a statusy thing. I don't know. But this is the status. I think it's a cool school. That's where yeah. I went. I went there. My husband went there. Did you guys meet there? We did. We met at Hamilton. He was in the humanities magnet, meaning he was a um, smart kid. And I was in the, as they call it, the regular school. Um, <laughs> but I was an art student there. I was a photography major. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, because Marshall, uh, on the other side of town, has yeah. like three different schools. There's a bunch it's of- common. Uh, uh, Sotomayor has four. Venice has, I think, at least, at least, I think, three magnets plus the neighborhood school. Does that create a bad vibe among the kids there? Like, That's oh, really you, interesting you're, you'd pick up on that. You're in the bad part. I'm in the good part. Yes. That does Short happen. answer, yes. There's hmm. sort of some self-segregation. So there's, there's three schools. There's the- the neighborhood school, everybody can go there. Then there's the the humanities magnet, which is like a focus on, you know, the humanities, history, social studies, that sort of thing, social sciences. And then there is um, the music academy, and that's the famous one. Now they call it AMPA, which is Academy of Music and Performing Arts, but mm -hmm. we call it Music Academy. And um, 
they have their own classes. They have their own teachers. They have, so does Humanities. They have their own building. The neighborhood kids kind of mix through. You, you, Everybody shares PE, you know, whatever, electives, some of them. Do you guys eat together? Uh, we have the same lunch periods, meaning there is always going to be some, some segregation with it. But then again, I haven't been in high school in like 20 some years. Right. So, yeah. But, but we remember, I mean. Oh, completely. E- okay. So, so I went to a, a traditional, uh, breakfast club, um, high school in Illinois. Very cool. We kind of self-segregated uh, ourselves. I, I mean, the jocks were over there. Yes. The, the pretty girls were over there. Yeah. The losers like me were somewhere else. The marching band. Yes, geeks. I was the. Um, I was in the the uh, weirdo punk kids. <laughs> uh, we had our own sort of section, general section. And then when I met who became my husband, he was not my boyfriend for a few years when I after I met him. But when I met him, it was a big mix of grades. And we actually, because I guess back then we more segregated by. The kind of music you listen to. Oh. Really? So, so what were you listening to? Oh, you know, K-Rock, Alternative, a lot of punk. Ska was huge because we're talking about like 94, 95. There was at least one of the guys from Real Big Fish went to Hamilton. Hmm. So it was a really big Ska school. So we're talking Sublime, No Doubt. Yes. Bad Manners, maybe. No, that would have That's been too weird. Old. It would have been Undertone? more pop Ska. So oh, Blink? Uh, later. Uh-huh. Um, like, more like... Aquabats. Really? Yeah. Real Big Fish. Safe Ferris. Yes. Yeah. That wasn't the stuff I was into, but that's what everybody else was into. I was into the specials and, you know, Studio One and like older stuff. You you, you were the godfathers of all that stuff. Yes. Two-tone. That was my thing. Yes. Yes. Did you dress like that? I did. I did. I had suspenders and black pants. I kind of did like a little bit of like boyish girl things. So like a lot of like the white tank tops and the slacks and I had like I used to wear like slip dresses with my vicious shirt on top, and <laughs> yeah, a lot of ripped up like like stockings, and it was good times. Why aren't there more murals of Gwen Stefani in L.A.? Why would there be? She's from Anaheim. <gasps> oh, I said what I said. <laughs> Why would there be? Because what she wasn't the queen of that scene. Of what she just pulls from all these different little. Bits and pieces, she came out. I remember, okay, so <laughs> I, in ninth grade, I came out with a zine. Me and my friend wrote a zine called Ice Ice Taco. <laughs> my first essay in the zine was about the sort of whackness of the about the, the Just a Girl video because she was sort of, appro- and I didn't have the word for it then, but appropriating sort of skater girl culture. Yeah. And I had known about No Doubt from their first album where she really wasn't the star that she was yet. That's right. So, and I liked that first album. She sang so weird and it was cool. And then she came out with this video and it was really confusing because I was like, I don't know that this is what they were because I'd never really seen her before because her picture wasn't on the album. Yeah. And then, so it's like she had the tank top and the big pants and the bindi and the <laughs> hair. And I was like, what is happening with this? And so it didn't before, make sense. Before she had her stylist, everything was cool. I guess it was cool because it seemed it seemed organic. It seemed very yeah. Orange County. It seemed very Southern California. And it felt more <laughs> organic. And then the more the money came in, 
which would have been, you know, Return to Saturn and all the other stuff. It became super weird. I will not front because if my husband hears this, he's going to be like, oh, don't act like you didn't buy a lamb bag. Because I absolutely <laughs> did when she did her little sports sack thing. I feel her as a, like, as a as bonded to her as a Libra. Oh. We're, we're sisters in that way. So I can only rag on her so much, truly. <laughs> That's fine. So, but, okay. So, did K Rock get you into um, the undertones oh. and um, the specials my and uncle. madness? My uncle, my brother, my mom. So, my mom was a rock journalist in the eighties. For who? Uh, she was freelance, but she used to write regularly for a, a small newspaper in Boyle Heights in East LA. And um, so, she did freelance stuff for like the Times and the LA Weekly when I was little. So, she covered. Well, they called it a rock journalist back then. So she had a really interesting beat. She would cover albums, new albums, and then also um, movies that had music themes. So like I got went to a press screening of La Bamba, like stuff like that. Hairspray, press screenings. And so I was, the coolest part about it really to me as a kid were two things. One, promo albums. She taught me how to get promos. So when I was like 12, 13 and I could like talk like an adult on the phone, I'd call you know, capital and be like, hi, I'm calling from da 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 and then get the press pack and get a free CD. And the cool part was you got the pictures inside and the folder and stuff. And so I remember being in like third grade and having a crybaby folder because that's what the press pack came in, having like a Johnny Depp folder. Yeah. Nobody knew what this freaking movie was, but I was like, they're like, why do you have that folder? And your parents were okay. Okay. Just Cry- my mom, single mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did crybaby have divine in it? Tracy I haven't Lords? seen it in ages. Tracy Lords was in it. Uh, Ricky Lake was in it. I don't that's, remember that's who... Divine being in it because I think she'd passed away. Right. I think I think Ricky Lake was the one. Ricky Lake was in it, yeah. Um, your mom didn't say anything about this? Was she too busy working? It's the freaking 80s, man. She took me to that movie. Like what the movies we all saw in the theaters, if you really stopped and thought about it, I'm over here wringing my hands watching the Grammys like my 14-year-old hasn't seen Lizzo, my 10-year-old. Yesterday there was skywriting that said, it's bad bitch o'clock. And she was like, I was, she said, it's, it's the sky said it was bad babe o'clock. And I was like, oh, that's cute. They changed the word. She's like, no, they said the real word. And I was like, what? So, you know, we, we saw some stuff. When uh, Sam Smith did his devil stuff yeah. at the Grammys. The kids were unfazed entirely. They, they didn't care. They didn't care. They, they were more just like literally where my son was kind of just like, this is kind of boring. I feel like I've seen this before. I was texting my my resident Gen Zer, adult Gen Zer, my cousin, and I was just like, what am I missing? Am I too old? She's like, no, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because it takes away from the shine. Okay. So... You and your husband meet at Hamilton. Yeah. Did you date at all? We dated. So I had a, a long-term boyfriend before that, serial monogamist here. And um, he and I started going out the, the summer, like the June before he graduated. So he was an outgoing senior and I was, an, I was a 10th grader, basically. So mm. I was 15 and 18. Oh, sorry. Which is a little scandalous sometimes. Mm, it's high school. But but sometimes that many years in high school seems like a lot. It's two grades apart, which actually can be kind of sad because he left, he graduated, and I went back for junior year. So it was sort of like, and then a ton of my friends were gone. So you sort of start over. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends were in that two-year range. My best friend had also, you know, graduated and stuff. But we stayed together. 
what was really funny, what was frustrating for him was like still coming to pick me up from school <laughs> at like a school he had just left. Was he in college at this point? Uh, he was doing SMC, yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was doing SMC and, and working. He worked at Pacific Park at the pier. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And so, you know, we just kind of, we stayed together, moved in together after I graduated. You moved in at 18 years old? 17. Mama Mia. Yeah. Mom was cool with that. We grew up fast here in the city. There was no pushback from her, though? My stepdad had just died. Uh-huh. Like, and Jonah's mom had also passed away. And it was very kind of like, are really, how hard are we going to push this? Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, I. it was a month before I turned 18. And it was like, we at that point, we'd been together... Almost three years. Oh, wow. So my mom knew him really well. Yeah. She really loved him, loves him. Aww. And it was very just like, okay, all right. And then we moved in together and that's been, that was 99. So we've been married 20 years, November. This makes me so happy. This is why. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like human nature would let this allow to work. Yeah. Because... The people you are teenagers are different than once you become an adult. Mm-hmm. And humans get bored. So you see the same old naked man <laughs> day, day in, day out, right? It's great. Why is it great? So, so we got together in 97. I've known him since I was 13. We met when I was 13. And this was the best. The best part of it is we weren't friends we actively didn't really like each other that much. We shared a mutual best friend, which mm-hmm. is a weird thing to say, but that was sort of our connector. But we didn't hang out. We weren't really friends. We didn't have that much common. We didn't think we did. Mm-hmm. So when we first got together, like I guess the first time we hung out, not really a date, we realized we had a ton of really hard, deep, deep, deep things. Single moms, dad's gone, that sort of stuff in common. Yeah. And... What's been great about it is to grow up with somebody and more than anything. And the the hardest part, honestly, is that we don't really have a lot of friends who've been together as long as us. Yeah. And it's a really it's a really cool thing to grow up together, to sort of ride out seasons together, to constantly choose each other. Right. Right. Through college, through, you know, I remember I got laid off from a job, through different seasons, through kids, through parents passing all that stuff i mean honestly when people say like oh what's it like he is my family oh that's it he's my family there's nothing and i think it is the absolute corniest lamest thing to be like i married my best friend he's not my best friend he's my husband (laughs) (laughs) which is i think deeper and more special yes and we just choose each other Always. Mm -hmm. We prefer one another. We prefer each other's company. Our kids are so cool and awesome. And we still would prefer to spend time with one another. It's just, he's just, I don't know, man. He's my favorite. So, I talk to parents all the time about yeah. raising their kids in L.A. Because I don't have any kids, 
And when I talk to people who don't live in L.A. or who have lived here for a short period of time, young people, young couples, they look around and they say, ain't no way I would ever raise kids in L.A. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then I will do an Uber trip down to like Orange, California, mm-hmm. where everything is perfect. And I'm, I'm like, maybe this is what they're talking about, even though do we know anybody fucking cool from Orange, California? No, we know the cool people from Venice. Kind of. I mean, I don't know anymore. No disrespect if, if you, it, my listener, is from the 714. Uh, also, but, that's, but, but that's not the point. What My point is, isn't it the edge? Isn't it the skateboarding in the fucked up former yeah. skate bowl yeah. by the beach? What gives people character and personality and that diversity is what makes you a... a yeah. I don't want to say a better person, but... More interesting person. But closer to better. I mean, so my husband and I were really intentional. Very specific about staying in L.A., raising kids in L.A. This is where we're from. This is where they're going to be from. This is it. Mm -hmm. So he grew up in Miracle Mile. And... Is he Jewish? He is Jewish. How about that? I mean, they're the best. So... (laughs) (laughs) He grew up Jewish in, you know, around the... He grew up, like, you know, up the street from LACMA. And... So that was culturally significant for him and for them. Sure. And, you know, he watched the downfall of Miracle Mile and then it come right back up and used to shop at Orbox, which is now the Peterson. And he remembers all that stuff. And he actually grew up in the house that his mom grew up in, that his family bought in the 50s. So his mom went to Fairfax High. He went to John Burroughs. His mom went to John Burroughs. Like they were, were went through it. And so we knew we didn't want to move to the Valley. We didn't want to do what everybody else was doing, which was move to Van Nuys, cross your fingers. You get into a charter school halfway across the city and not build community. It just really wasn't what we were going to do. Okay. People did that in your friend group because the houses were cheaper in Van yeah. Nuys. Yeah. But didn't you talk shit about the Valley your whole teenage Literally my entire life. I joked with my husband that I needed it in my ketubah that <laughs> I would never move to the Valley Mm-hmm. My cutoff for the valley is um, Sunshine Canyon. Where's that? That's like literally the last street before you get to Ventura when you go over Laurel. Like it's the <laughs> last light. He's like, that's Laurel Canyon. I was like, I said what I said. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never. You'd never. I mean, I will go to Ventura and I will buy things, yeah. but I will never live there. Never, ever, never. Because never. why? It's so flat. And there are interesting parts. Don't get me wrong. Toluca Lake is adorable yep that bob's big boy it's beautiful over there like by the five and you get these little houses that yeah. look like little like gingerbready and the roads are wider there's parking <sighs> but nobody walks anywhere it's too far it's too hot are people walking over here they do that's the really cool where are part. they going okay so right here on robertson we're right off robertson this chunk of south robertson and when i say robertson boulevard i'm not talking about kitson and all that right. we're on the south end we're closer to the tenant national there is this teeny tiny little resurgence so we've got underground coffee shop which started i want to say in like 2018 ish and they have really they were the first ones to come in and actually like bring people back to what, what's it called underground 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 is it one of these that look like it's in like a a ramshackle house? Yeah, because like all the storefronts on Robertson are kind of old and they were built in the 50s, so they do look like little houses. Which is great. It's cool. 
and they actually had to their offices they're they're not kitchens so they had to gut it and put a kitchen in and so it took a long time i'll tell you why i think it's great we are so close to beverly hills here century city too yeah and century city and you called it beverly wood beverly wood even culver city if you go on the other side of the town so all these kind of posh neighborhoods yeah. that struggle to have charm and mm-hmm. realness and edge. Yeah. This part of Robertson, you're absolutely correct. Nothing but edge. I mean, we still have it. And honestly, like, so my son's going to go to Hamilton next year. He now will be like, I'm going to go get something to eat. Goes to the Taco Bell I used to go to. <laughs> he can go to the liquor store where I used to buy cigarettes in 10th grade. He can, it's still there. Like, yeah. the stuff is, Compos is still there. We used to go there in high school. What's the donut store? Uh, Miss Donuts. Miss Donuts. Yeah. It's been there forever. Yeah. Forever. And kind of looks like it. Well, it's still, it is good though. <laughs> and then the hardware store that's down there, mm-hmm. it's been there since I think their second generation. Everybody who works there, it's it's a big bunch of brothers. Their yep. dad started the store. And like one of the guys who works there lives upstairs. And if you, okay, can you walk all the way down to, um, uh, Topeco? You can. I mean, there's, there's a sidewalks huge, the whole there's way? sidewalks the whole way. There's a huge chunk where it's just like the backs of houses. It's really residential and it's hilly. Yeah. You go up a hill and then down a hill. But on the way, you'll hit the Robertson Branch Library. Mm-hmm. There's a super cute park they just redid. So there's like two new basketball courts and they repaved it and it looks fantastic. Yep. And then um, you'll pass a whole bunch of like orthodox businesses there's a really good italian restaurant there um and then oh so down the street from here the closest to us is a place called dolce isola Uh which is the best slash worst kept secret it's the like not corporate that's not the word but it's like the main bakery kitchen for the ivy really yes so it's open they close at like three and you can get the salad, you can get the bacon, you can get the what? bread, you can get the burger, and it's cheaper. And I think they're only open like five or six days, but it's beautiful inside because it's designed kind of like the Ivy. It's super pretty. Because I would never go to the Ivy. No, but you can go to Dolce Sola and then like get the same quality of food. Is this restaurant on the west side of uh, Robertson? Um, so it's our side right now. Okay, this is that's the other stupid thing about this neighborhood. I mean, the only <laughs> stupid thing is I can't tell what direction we're in because Robertson kind of goes diagonal. Because I think <laughs> I think we're parallel to Venice Boulevard right now. Okay, so the the fire department as you walk down that way. Eventually, there is a fire department. I would call that the east side. Sure. Yes, it is. So it's across the street. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Closer to Hamilton. I think I've passed that place. It's super cute out front. They Never have like knew. A, yeah. It's, okay, so how much are they going to charge me for a salad? I want to say like $13 maybe. Fine. It's fine. And there's meat in it, and it's nice. And and, and the bread is going to be legit. Yeah, they bake everything there. They That's have great. these tacos, this taco platter. Because we used, during the pandemic, they were open. We would get to go, take out all the time. It was like a little treat. And they have this taco, like, lunch special. They make the tortillas there. They make all the salsas there. It is absolutely killer. Like, it's wow. killer. There you go. This is why I'm doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because it is a hidden gem. And this is, this is why I think it's hidden. I watch TikTok like crazy. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm old. And it's the only way that I can, like, keep in touch. You gotta stay hip. And 
None of these influencers are talking about this. They're not. It's also kind of like a, a ladies who lunch, like fancy lady spot. It's very low key. So you can dine inside. You can dine inside. They have an upstairs dining room, which is super pretty. And they have tables inside and they have tables on the sidewalk. This is great. Yeah. And it's tablecloths. Like it's fancy. It's fancy service. So it's, it. I don't want to say the poor man's uh, Ivy, but kind of like it, the it smart is, ladies Ivy. So I joke around with my son a lot. Like... Not literally, but I'll be like, here are the things. Because I used to be like the perfect wingman girl to my guy friends and be like, this is the album you want to put on when you want to impress a girl, which was um, the inside, the in sound from the way out, the Beastie Boys album. The that's instrumental. What you, yeah, that's what you put on. And they're like, what is this? And you're like, it's the Beastie Boys. And you're like, this is so cool. So this would be a great date spot to be like, I'm going to take you to this place. You're, yeah. There's no way you're going to know what it is. And then it's Dolce Sola. You're welcome. There's okay. also a chocolate factory on Robertson. Wait. Yes. Called so what? Letterpress chocolate. Uh-huh. It's next door to another coffee shop that just opened, Eyes Peeled, which is adorable. It's so cute. The people who own it, they just opened it like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Oh, no, a year and a half ago. It's fantastic. Very high-end coffee. It, they're great. When you say high end, like seven bucks, mm, five seventy five, one size only, which is small. Yeah. So six bucks for a small coffee, uh, but it's like great. A, like ten ounces. Okay. But fancy, but like their their best thing, they have this like peach latte. That's oh no, it's orange. It's called Georgia on my mind, but it has like orange citrus in it. It's really really good. But anyway, they're really great too. They're sweet people. I love them. And then next door to them is Letterpress Chocolate. And it's an actual like single origin. They make the chocolate there. They have ice cream in the summertime. What? It's a husband and wife. You can take tours. They do give tours of their little factory. I don't want the tour. I just want the ice cream now that you say there's ice cream. Yeah, there. they have chocolate ice cream that they make on site. And then they have their chocolate bars. So they're, they're going at seas. They're like... No, it's a completely different thing. Like I've had it and... I've been sober a really long time, but the only thing I can compare it to is it's like wine. Wow. Like it's very, very subtle. They don't do any, it's only darks. There's no milk. They'll have some that are like maybe less bitter, but it's for an aficionado. So it, does that mean expensive too? Like 12 or 14 bucks a bar. Like a, like a, like the big ones. Like a the Hershey's ones, size no, bar? No, 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 no. You know, like what's that other company? Like Comparts Chocolate? Mm. So like you're too Whole fancy Foods, like a Whole Foods size, like I don't know what, like you're, 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 like you three by like eight inches. Okay, that seems like a Hershey's chocolate bar to me. It's bigger, like the king size, a little one. bigger. Yeah. For how much? Uh, like fourteen bucks. It's a gift. You Fine. know what I mean? It's a gift thing. Yes. Yeah. That is a good gift, though. It is a very good gift because it's local. Yeah. It's a little bit unusual. Because I don't, I don't hear any hype about this. No, it's very special. The way I heard about them was I was getting coffee from the conservatory in Culver City. And they had it on the counter. And then I grabbed it and I flipped it over and it said Robertson. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it was like literally at the end of my street. Okay, let's revert back. This is going to be hard for us Libras. Oh my gosh, we're the worst. And the best. Mm, the prettiest. <laughs> is there a drawback to raising kids in L.A.? In the yes, the drawback that I have found is that as they get older, people get a lot more protective of their kids, and it's a struggle to keep 
build and nurture community. Huh. So people have, I mean, I think it's generational too, but there's a real focus on when they get to be a certain age, then you get them in solid activities. What we see a lot around us, a lot of our friends have their kids in like um, league baseball, you know, travel volleyball, like hardcore, like, you know, they learn instruments, but like they're doing it five days a week. And (laughs) we don't really have that for our kids and not because we don't want to, but because we kind of, we're a little more free range than that. Yeah. You know, and honestly, both my kids are ADD and my son's interests change constantly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't really want to dump a lot of money. Like I'll do, (laughs) you know, I mean, he did one season of flag football. He was so good at it. And Uh then the next season he like completely forgot about it. It's like, that's fine. (laughs) You know, so it's cool. But, um, when, when you, okay. I'm an Uber driver. Yeah. I'm usually driving at this hour. Mm Mm-hmm. It pisses me off so much when I see this line of station wagons. They're not station wagons. SUVs. Of SUVs and vans waiting to pick up their little angels from school. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that the kids are going to be fine. That they can walk home. Yeah, they don't want I, to. I, I My don't... son does not want to walk home. Really? No. He was. So when he first started. So he started middle school in the pandemic. Sixth mm-hmm. grade was like pandemic. He's not lazy. No. Is he afraid? No, 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 no. So why doesn't he want to walk home? It's kind of far. I don't know. It's like how far? It's like three miles. I used to walk it all the time. Did you have a bicycle as a kid? No, I walked. He can't. Well, this is the thing. When he first started, at first he was using his skateboard, but they don't have lockers at their middle school. Weird. They have. Well, I went to the same middle school. And my year, my seventh grade year there, the first year was the first year they didn't allow anybody to use the lockers because it was also the year after the riots. So there was a lot of gang violence. There was a lot of drugs. And so it was a security thing. Kids were hiding contraband and weapons, maybe. Yeah. Weird. Drugs, probably mostly. So they took everybody's lockers away. And then they're also now at this point, there's more students than there are lockers. Right. So they just said, forget it. So he can't carry a skateboard. He can't lock up a skateboard. It's not really a thing. He doesn't have a bike. He doesn't want a bike. So for a while in the first year in his seventh grade year, he was doing the Metro bikes. Oh, cool. Downside of that is they have to be locked back up at a Metro station. So then he would still walk another like mile and a half home. Oh my God. And it gets hot. The backpack, because they don't have lockers, he has all of his books, an iPad, all of his stuff. I'm so glad I asked you this. Yeah, the backpacks are really heavy. And then I'm not going to like... He's, mm -mm, I'm not, we're not doing roller backpacks. That's extremely nerdy. All this is understandable now. Yeah. So he was using the scooters for a while. Those get expensive. Yep. And also not super safe. Nope. And it doesn't make sense for him to carry a helmet to school. (laughs) So it was kind of like, I can structure my schedule to just be there at three. It's really not the end of the world. And then he's going to be at Hamilton soon and we're like three blocks away. Yeah. And he's super hyped to walk to school. He He can cartwheel to school. I mean, basically, the problem is I told him, I was like, there's a weird human fact that the closer you are to the bus stop, to your work, to wherever, the later you are. True. So you're like, I'll be there in three minutes. Yeah. And I was just like, you cannot be late to school. Please. Are are they strict to Hamilton about They're pretty much strict everywhere. But I mean, dude, he'll miss like, my husband had COVID. And so like, I was wrangling the kids and doing all the stuff. And so he was like, 
missed the bell, but the gate was still open. Whatever. I got a call <laughs> that he missed homeroom and this and that. And I'm texting him. I was like, I thought you got there. He's like, I was there. She marked me late and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, they don't play. So I need to take it easy on all these parents that are picking up their kids because I don't know the story. They might have somewhere to go after. Oh, they might have a class or something and it's easier for them to get picked up and then take them there. They might be. We'll see. The other thing, too, is that a ton of kids are permit. Nobody. So many kids don't go to their neighborhood school. Huh. So for all you know, you know, a big long line outside of like, let's say Mark Twain Middle School in Venice and half of those people might live in Westchester. They mm -hmm. might live in Palms. They might live, you know, wherever. So and they don't want their kid on the bus for whatever reason or yeah. they miss the sign up to take the bus home <laughs> or they got right. punked on the bus. So, so I'm a big jerk. I need I need to settle down. You're not. Well. I'm a big jerk. It's not your big jerk. It's very get off my lawn in no, my it's, day. It's get out of, my, it's get out of my, my street. I'm trying to drive over here. Dude, tell me about it. I mean, I got an elementary school, a high school around me. I get it. 3.30 and it's like, there's teens. The teens are everywhere. You know, the worst neighborhood is Beverly Hills because they've got like four schools in a row. Yeah. And I maybe and maybe to your point, these are out of towners. No, they're very strict at Beverly Hills. Those are neighborhood kids. Yeah. Are they? They're extremely strict. They do not permit out of town. They do not permit cross school. They're very, very, very strict. Okay, then let's continue this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm 56. I'm true Gen X. You do not look it. It's it's the weed and the California girls. Truly California people. <laughs> um, we rode our bikes to school. Mm -hmm. We walked in the snow. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes mom drove us, but we also had school buses. But after school, we were in the streets and, and maybe Gen X was the last generation about all this. Millennials, probably older millennials like me. I'm 81. Were you, were you in the streets after school? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're on the beach. I mean, I went to Palms Middle School and uh -huh. we lived in Venice. Yeah. So my sort of weekday curfew was five. I had to be home by five. That's, that's reasonable. It is. It's totally reasonable considering school let out 2.33. Yeah. So kind of what I did in between those hours was basically up to me. This is why I'm bringing this up. I drive all over LA. Mm -hmm. Sometimes behind gated communities. Yeah. And my belief is, is the reason that the children aren't playing outside is because these are different times. There's creepy dudes. They're I think it was worse when we were kids, honestly. I do too. Mm -hmm. There was Manson. There was the Night Stalker. There was all these, right? Yeah. There was like legit, legit crime, crime. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe even gangs. Maybe you, you just don't want your kids on the street because yeah, that, they might that would have been some neighborhoods. Yeah, for sure. Gangs. Yeah. Seems like a lot of that's gone now. Yeah. A lot of it. I don't see bicycles and kids even in gated communities. No. It, in fact, it's more barren there than it would be on your street. By the way, your street is fantastic. Thank you. And and not only are the homes, um, it seems like middle class. A like, lot of long term. What, what used to be middle class, let's say. Yeah. Just traditional houses, all different. Yes. And what I like the most, I don't see any McMansions on this street. I think you might call the one across the street. And there's some on, on, is, on is the that, street. Is that, that a multifamily house across the street, though? No, 
those two are kind of McMansion-ish. They were built in the early 2000s. Yeah. And then the ones, we're getting that now in our neighborhood. We're getting the real estate slash developer guy, you know, will like buy the house and then build it end to end to end to end. Yeah. And max it out. Right. And that's kind of flopping the neighborhood a little. And so it's funny. So what we were talking about off off mic earlier when you came in. So we're renters. Mm -hmm. We rent. It's a, you know, it's a three and two. And it's the score of the freaking century. And three and two with a, a garage workshop for you. Yes, where I work in the garage. And, you know, we got a driveway and, yep. and a backyard. A f- nice full size backyard. Is this a fruit bearing tree back here? No, it's a big, gigantic eucalyptus tree. That's a eucalyptus? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big this eucalyptus is, this tree. This is. Because I thought eucalyptus were more naked in the bark. It's different. It's a. Because you can climb this tree. Yes, you can climb it. And it's gotten taller. We've had it. We've had to have it trimmed twice since we've lived here in five years because it grows so fast. Yeah. And it's fallen over a couple of times. It has? Well, the tops of it, yeah. Yeah. So we have to make sure we have to keep watering it. But it's kind of a beast, yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's a really special neighborhood because there's a ton of... So this sort of like chunk of streets that runs parallel to me... A lot of long-term homeowners, a lot of people who've lived here more than 20 years, a lot of diversity in homeownership, a lot of second gen. My neighbor across the street, she's an older boomer. Her kids grew up in the neighborhood. She's still here. There's a lot of people aging in place, mm-hmm. um, which means to me two things. One, it's a safe neighborhood enough for a senior to feel like they can live alone. Yes. Downside is that there isn't enough turnover in houses as a result. Mm-hmm. So there aren't a lot of starter homes. So when they do come up on the market, they get blown out yeah. and maxed out. And then, you know, so that's kind of like what we were joking about. Like we'll probably rent till we die mm-hmm. unless the owner is like, sure, I'll sell you this house. We're not going anywhere if we can help it. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things of like, it's really, really special. It's just a special pocket. It is special because th- to me, this is, this is TV show LA. This is literally um, the front of the Goldbergs is a like maybe a quarter of a mile from here. Really? Yeah. In <laughs> what they call country club estates. It's nearby. Right. And they film Modern Family at Cheviot Park all the time. Yeah. And we're, it is literally TV show. Like. So they, oh, the, the, they film um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. The movie was in the girls gym at Hamilton. Parker Lewis Can't Lose was filmed at Hamilton. <laughs> Um, the Ariana Grande Thank You Next was filmed at Hamilton. What? Yes. I remember when they were filming it because they closed it up during Thanksgiving break. And I was like, what is this? And the video came out. Which totally makes sense because that looks like traditional high school. The front of it is, yeah. 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 It, it doesn't look like California. Actually, a lot of the California high schools don't look like California When they were schools. all built around the same time in the 20s and 30s, they all went Ivy League. John Burroughs, Marshall, they're all the same. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. I don't see kids on bikes. Well, it is a, like 11 in the morning. They're all at Ever. school. When I drive around, I don't. I don't see it. You will see it here. I see some poor families have kids on bikes. Only on their block. They're not going anywhere. A lot of kids get hit by cars, dude. People are distracted. They we blow. We got hit by cars? No. And then we talk shit about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't okay then either. We have, have big wheels on the street. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I mean, so it's like people talk about the scandal in, like, high schools. You know, I, I hear, oh, there was all these fights, and there's this, and there's that. And everybody's afraid. Parents are so afraid. The parents are afraid. Parents are afraid. Are the kids afraid, too? 
Sometimes, not really. I don't know. I don't know about other kids. I know my daughter, she's in fifth grade. By now, my son was skateboarding to school by himself, and she just does not want to walk to school alone. She's afraid to cross the street because she is in the car with us. We do walk. People blow these signs all the time. They're not paying attention. They're driving fast in neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. and they're distracted. They're trying to get to work, especially close to the 10. Yep. Our neighborhood's a cut through, so she's just afraid to cross the street. Okay, so we answered the question because we're good Libras. We're, we're the scales. We're balanced. Yeah. That's the cons yeah. of living in L.A. Yeah. You're going to get hit by a car. You're going to know a, a drug dealer. You're going to know a, a gang member. Mm, that's less likely, but yeah, yeah. You, you'll be gang adjacent. I can say, uh, yeah. You knew gang members. I did, yes, growing right, up. Right, that's I was what I'm saying. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you're going to, and, and they're not that scary. There's Snoop Dogg It depends gang on where you're from. It depends on where you're from. I can only speak to Venice and like there were... Dogtown so- was not scary. Dogtown is in Santa Monica, sir. There, okay. First of all, Dogtown <laughs> is in Santa Monica. It is not in Venice. It's the border. Let's put it this way. I did not grow up in the hood hood. My right. mom was an artist. My mom's a poet. Really? She, yes. My mom's a poet and a writer. Can I interview your mom next? Heck yeah. She's Great. awesome. My mom's cool. Is she still in Boyle Heights? No, she was. She we never lived in Boyle Heights. She just worked out there. Um, she lives in this neighborhood now. She grew up in Venice, and then kind of bounced around uh, Central Valley and then Venice back and forth, Great. and then lived in Inglewood for a long time. She got us kind of on the outskirts. So we lived like Electric and Superba, so closer like Abikini and Venice Boulevard, basically, is where we lived. So I think that's a dream. Uh, it was a freaking back house. It was the dream. This is how small this freaking city is. <laughs> Growing up in LA, dude. So my one of my very good friends, very close friend in high school through 11th and 12th grade, Sarah, she had a boyfriend that she met on her street walking her dog, and then they started dating and hit it off. I come to find out it's Elijah Wood, the actor. Wow. Because mm-hmm. he didn't. He was homeschooled, so she's dating Elijah Wood. Okay. And then I guess we hung out a few times. It was fine. Did, did you did you hang with them back then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all how, in high school. How, how old of Elijah were we talking? Uh, the ice storm had come out when they were dating. But like 13, 14? No, 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 no. We were like 11th and 12th grade. So like 16, 17-ish. Did he have those beautiful eyes as a... He was so cute. Like the last thing that had come out when we were all sort of knowing him was Flipper. <laughs> and then it was the ice storm. Like with Christina Ricci. Awesome movie. It was a really incredible movie. Oh, and then the... Was not the bad seed. That's that old movie, mm. The Good Son. Right. And I just remember asking him questions about that movie. But you know, the ice storm came out when we were dating, and then when they were dating, he had gone off to film The Faculty. So that was around that time. I went to. I think I saw the Donnas at the Roxy, mm-hmm. and it was a great show. He loved music back then. And after the show, here comes little Elijah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a short man. <laughs> Short King, I guess they call him now. <laughs> he comes bounding out, just dancing around on the curb, so happy. He's famous at this point. Yeah. Doesn't care. He's just in love with the experience that we all had. I mean, that was the thing that he and I hit it off with was music and live music specifically. And 
he I at that time I mean still my favorite band period Jane's Addiction really yes love them love Jane's Addiction my did, f- did yeah. you see them at the bowl with Smashing Pumpkins no because I hate the Smashing Pumpkins oh I don't hate the Smashing Pumpkins. They're fine. They're terrible live. I will say that on a public podcast. Will you see Jane's Addiction at the Hollywood Palladium? Hell yeah. I already got tickets. I'm taking my son. All right. I know. I'm taking my 14-year-old. And I have to, I get to be like, I get to be like, I was your age the first time I saw Jane's Addiction at the Universal Amphitheater. R.I.P. What a great place. That was my favorite venue. I loved it. Who did they play with that night? Do you remember? Uh, It was the K-Rock concert. It would have been the, uh, that would have been... Acoustic Christmas, almost Acoustic Christmas. A so, lot of people played. Yeah, that would have been the year that Jamiroquai, I love Jamiroquai. Yeah. And so Jamiroquai had to cancel. And so as like a consolation, um, the label had all their CDs. You could get their discography. Like, And so I walked away with like three CDs and <laughs> fell more deeply in love with Jam- Jamiroquai. But I think that year was no doubt had, had subbed for them. So it was no doubt Jane's Addiction. My husband would remember more. Yeah. But yeah. Isn't it amazing that Jane's Addiction can have this great career with two records? Excuse me, three? Their first album was a live album. It counts. Why does it count? Because it's freaking... There's songs on that album that aren't on the other albums. Whores, 1%. Look at you! There's early early versions of Pigs and Zen. The, The Stones cover that they did? Yeah, Sympathy for the Devils yeah. on that one, but also the, the Velvet Underground cover. I'm telling you, I love this band. My first favorite band of all time was The Doors. So really, mm-hmm. the straight line from The Doors to Jane's Addiction is very short. I totally agree. You no, know, they're the same band. Me and my husband can talk about music all day, and we love L.A. bands very specifically. Is it Perry or is it um, Dave? <sighs> was this, you're going to do like a fuck, Mary kill thing? Like, what are we doing here? You can fucking both if you want. Oh. I'm just asking which one. <clears throat> like I said, my husband's in the other room. <laughs> We're not going to have that conversation. Um... You know, it's interesting. I don't, I really, truly don't think Dave gets enough credit as, as being like just an incredible guitarist, just truly. And Perry really, we wouldn't have Coachella without Perry. That's right. Lollapalooza. We wouldn't have like the definition of what we call alternative music without Perry Farrell. And I don't think we're really going to know his full impact until he's not with us anymore. Or, Or alternative festivals. No, he has Lollapalooza, the tour of that. Mm -hmm. And he was not enough people know he was the guy that golden voice called and said how do we do coachella that's right how do we do this how do we make this thing and he's such an incredible curator of music and culture paul Tillette's no fool i love that guy i i you know and then also being from venice and porno for pyros Mm -hmm. came out when i was like in early middle school and that was interesting because that is such a venice sound Mm. it's very specific to the west side because that's when he moved to venice from hollywood Mm -hmm. and where jane's addiction is very hollywood very that pocket that time that Mm -hmm. moment porner for pyros with that sort of touch of stonerness surf (laughs) culture it that album smells like incense and like cats I can't explain it. It's very soft, which is very Venice, but very dirty, very edgy. Mm-hmm. And it's the Venice I used to know. I don't recognize it anymore. My mood drops six points when I go west of Lincoln now. <laughs> oh I just God. get pissed, pissed and sad. Oh, I didn't even finish my Elijah Wood story. Go ahead. He ended up buying my childhood home. No. Yeah. He's in your childhood bedroom right now. No. So he, it was a front house and a back house. He bought the property. So I don't know what he uses the back house for, hmm. but bum me out. Uh, have you taken your oldest to Coachella? 
no, it's not our scene anymore. So I haven't been to Coachella since like 06. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not that into, it's more of a pop festival now. Yeah. And so he's not really into pop. We just got tickets today for that uh, that Brookside festival, that reset. He mm-hmm. really wants to see LCD Sound System. So we're going to go see LCD. Interesting. So we're doing the Sunday tour. He's going to Jane's Addiction with us. And then he's seen the Aquabats uh, in OC. With Travis on drums? I don't think Travis is on drums mm. at that show. It's February 11th. He's uh he's going to that show. Fool's playing with everybody, so it... he could pop up. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But he he really likes the Aquabats, so he's going to going to that show. How fun is that? Yeah, we see a lot of concerts. That's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, we have one segment left. <gasps> what do you want it to be about? I don't know. You had a little agenda, and I want to honor it. I did. Okay, so my little agenda. And we see if we, we go from here. So we landed here because we really wanted an easy track with schools, right? I didn't want to play the permit game. I didn't want to run around trying to get into magnets. We wanted them set up for elementary, middle, and high school. And we knew that we'd been basically gentrified out of our hometowns. So I'm from Venice. I moved out in 99. My mom moved out maybe 03. And literally you cannot go home again i do not recognize where i'm from is this good or bad that you can't go home again it's bad in the sense that i feel like a lot of the homelessness that we see is are that middle little chunk of people that i grew up like the like cute apartments bachelors like on pacific avenue people who lived on westminster who just would live in an apartment for 30 years and kick it and it's whatever those don't exist anymore there's nowhere for those people to build a life live and age in place there's just there's nowhere there's nowhere for any of us to go anymore mm-hmm. and so in that way the culture's gone it's so sad because it's just dust it's gone Mm -hmm. it's completely gone and it can't come back it's not a thing and i remember being pissed off when i was a kid knowing that some of like the rich white kids who would move down into the city were just there to be closer to their drug dealers oh that was like a thing people would move who grew up in beverly hills and in nicer parts of the city the valley and they would move to venice to be closer to their drugs they'd want to come and slum it yeah and they could get a cheap place and basically crash and party and hang out and not really. And it was part of the fabric. It wasn't bad. It was just part of who we were. And I, I miss it in a lot of ways. But, you know, and then my husband growing up in Fairfax, that's another one. You know, the family home got sold. We could never afford to buy, you know, one of those Spanishes like off Olympic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we drive and... <laughs> The best thing for us about being here is I can take my kids to restaurants that I went to in high school. We have a fr- our friend owns Swingers. We go really? There. Yeah. It's Stephanie. She's amazing. And we go there every, you know, couple times a month. And I went there when it opened. The Santa Monica or the Hollywood one? Santa Monica's been closed for a while. The one over on Beverly by Santa CBS. Santa Monica's closed? Like six, seven years? Six years, I think. I'm out of, of touch. Yeah. I mean, it's still there, but it's closed. Yeah, it's closed down. Huh. Yeah, but we'll go to Swingers. We'll go to the Norms on La Cienega that my husband went to with his grandma. And it's it's our hometown. Flip side, sad thing is, that used to be this. That used to be that. That mm-hmm. used to be that. That's not there anymore. You yeah. know, and that's, 
that's also its own kind of joy too, though. That's a good. Thing. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I I this and and this is why I have a problem when the LA Times hires out of towners to cover things like food. Mm-mm. It's like. I'm sure you're a really great reviewer and I'm sure you have a great palate and you know the chefs and all that stuff. Yeah. But if you don't know that that was Pacific Dining Car mm-hmm. for decades and what that tasted like, what that felt like, how kind of moldy it felt in there, mm-hmm. then how are you going to talk about the restaurant next door to it or the one across the street? I think yeah. context is such an important thing, especially in LA where there's constant change. Yeah. That telling the story about what used to be there is just as important as what's there now and what's going to be there tomorrow. And it's not like we don't have a lot of LA journalists here that you could hire, but they're just in love with these New York journalists who are in love with LA and they should be. They're in love with an idea of LA. They're in love with the palm trees and <laughs> beautiful people and the the weather, no weather. Yeah. But being from here and growing up here and raising kids here, what I value so much is the real depth of culture, like true depth of culture, especially getting into music with my son. And I can point to my high school and be like, you know, a certain kinds of music were birthed from different scenes. And he's gotten into the far side because I gave him all my CDs. And it's like, this is a truly very LA moment. And, you know, like I was telling you earlier, we bumped into Thundercat at at Sporty LA on Melrose where (laughs) I bought shoes in high school and Thundercat's from like over here. And it's just it's just one of those special, special things of knowing it's a special thing growing up in a place and raising kids in a place where we have access to industry all kinds of industry. You want to be in aerospace? We got that here. You want to be a florist like me? You want to be an artist? You want to be a writer? You want to be in the movies? You want to... We can do everything. Let's finish with your florist stuff. Okay. Because I love flowers. Flowers are great. I love giving flowers to the sweeties of my life. I can help you with that. Thank you. Uh, and I like going to the flower mart. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what the people do down there with dying flowers, kind of. Yeah. They can make really great arrangements that can last a couple weeks that are way better than, are there even Conroy's anymore around here? A 1-800-Flowers bought them all out. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Um, It's basically the same thing. It, they're still there. Well, not the one in Venice. The one in Venice was on Venice and Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that guy just got killed. Yeah. Man, he I wasn't know. even from here. He was like visiting. I think so. That's a tricky one. But but anyway, so Conroy's used to be on all these corners in L.A. And mm-hmm. you could just pop in and you could, they would always advertise like $5 Oh, carnations, dozens, carnations, yeah. Yep. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever their special was and then it was I shady. remember Rita Flora on La Brea <laughs> used to have like 100 roses for $50 or whatever. Yeah. 
there were like these little tiny shitty roses, but it was still a hundred roses. Technically, yes. And if you're 19 on a date, you're like, there you go, honey. Jonah got me, my husband got me that one time. I love it. And a lot of times the girls are like, uh, don't want a hundred roses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I saw that sign too. <laughs> um, okay. So I like going to the flower mart, but it's weird and it's out of the way. Valentine's mm-hmm. is coming up. Mm-hmm. The last place I want to be is the fall Please don't flower go. mart. Mm-hmm. Please don't gum up the traffic. Traffic is terrible. Parking is horrible. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of homeless people that are just trying well, to live. Well, it's on Skid Row. Right. Yeah. It's right, right next door. Yeah. Um, is that where you buy your flowers or do you go to Oxnard and get them from? No, no, I don't. I don't shop at the farm. So I do go to the flower mart. I don't have a cooler now on purpose. I have space for a cooler. I choose not to because because of where I live, I'm 18 minutes to downtown. And so I buy daily for all my orders. Oh, you are. You are. You are. Yeah. Because you're right next to the 10. Right next to the 10. Literally on a bad day, I have a restaurant that I do flowers for. And if I have to leave at like four o'clock, it'll take me 45 minutes, which is a drag because uh-huh. it's 13 miles. But that's the worst it could possibly be to get downtown. But how, how great is that? Well, also my location, like you said, I'm super close to Beverly Hills. I'm 10 minutes to Beverly Hills, five minutes to Century City. I can get to the 10. I can get to the 405, which means I can get to the Valley, 405 to the 101. I can, I'm like maybe 35, 40 minutes. I have clients in Woodland Hills. I go out there. So for your work, you have to go to the Val? Occasionally, yeah. Is that, is that a pain in the ass? Mm-hmm. Do you make it worth your while? Do you charge them more? Yeah, I charge more delivery. There are weird pockets I wish I could never deliver to Brentwood ever again in my life. It's a dead end. It's a dead end of the city. There's one way in. There's one way out. That's it. There's no cut through. 405 to sunset. That's it. You're stuck. And then what? <laughs> Sit on Bundy for three hours? And and that sunset getting home. Forget it. Pain in the ass. Nope. There's the no way out. There's no way out. Yeah. No. It, it's a total dead end. Have you tried to take uh, that Sepulveda past like towards the getty center yeah but you again sunset that's the only way east west there's nowhere else to go north you, you're stuck because then it's all gated communities it's like what am i gonna do get to pch where am i going <laughs> literally any day of the week i'd rather go to thousand oaks than i than brentwood because at least it's a straight shot burbank is another drag except there's multiple ways to get there yes. i just hate the 134 because it's scary to go all the way across the freeway that way if you're on the 101 and you're trying oh, to get to the 134 to get to Burbank, from like it's the drag. bowl to go to uh, yeah, that's a what drag. Is it, Barnes, uh, Barnesdale, not Barnesdale. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you're on the extreme left of the 101, and yes. you have to go to the All extreme right. To, yeah, and in then, like yeah. five seconds. Exactly, it's just too stressful. But. <laughs> I know almost every way to get around the city. I too drive everywhere. I do all my own deliveries. So, Burbank's a drag, but it's a beautiful drive. And I like yes. taking streets and I love driving. I didn't get my license till I was 30. That's another what? thing. Yes. Because your handsome man just drove you everywhere? Well, that's the perk of also dating when you're 16 is that you find somebody <laughs> with a car. But um, I was on the bus everywhere. I The only reason why I even got my license by the time that I did was because I was pregnant with my second, with my daughter. And I was like, two babies on the bus is too much. We always lived oh near a major God. corridor. I could walk and I'd get on the bus and figure it out. So, yeah. Okay, so what kind of flower business do you have? So I'm a floral studio, which means I'm not open to the public. People don't come to my house. I buy daily for deliveries. I have a website. I take orders online. I do customs, corporate stuff, subscriptions, all that. And I do cut flowers, events. I don't do weddings. I don't do weddings. What's wrong with weddings? 
<sighs> Isn't that a cash cow? Yes and no. For some people who are really good and super organized, it can be. What I don't like about it is I don't like super long leads, lead times. So people will usually book a year, year and a half. Oh. And so that sort of deadline way ahead of me, it stresses me out. I just don't like it. And there are people who are much better at it. What's your favorite gig? Uh, restaurant event work. Just straightforward where I can be creative. They give me colors, give me vibe, give me a budget, and then I just do my thing. Did you do any Grammy shows? No, I didn't do any of the Grammy stuff. I do know all the people that did, though, and mm -hmm. I love seeing their work. And I can point it at and be like, I know who did that, I know who did that, I know who did that, and I love it. You can just tell their style? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's a, there's a handful of really, really big studios that do certain things. The Grammys, a lot of it is this shop called Floral Crush, Mark's Garden. They do beautiful work. I worked for the Oscars for a long time. Mark's Garden was our guy. Yes. And um, did you ever go to the um, the Governor's Awards? No, I've never been to the Governor's Awards, what? sir. I don't know you. <laughs> we are Oscar super fans, though. I've never missed a show. I ask because um, I worked there for five years, and I watched how I think it was either Wolfgang or the Academy allowed Mark to, like, be more and more creative in yeah, that Yeah, they just give them colors and they give them a budget and sort of the theme of whatever the night is. It's usually the governor, it's usually the academy is like, we want to do oranges and yellows and we're thinking, you know, we're thinking these are our best pictures. So sometimes maybe they'll tweak to that. Yeah. And then whatever kind of works. Because Mark's, I don't know if they still do, but they did the globes too. They do the tables of the globes. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he knows, he knows what he's doing. They are a great shop. They crank it out and do beautiful work. I don't know who did the tables at the Grammys this year at the front. Yeah. Those I could not stop talking about. They looked you love incredible. Those. They were beautiful. I'll find some pictures. They were so pretty. Even my husband was like, those tables are cool. I thought they did a good job with that. Because Staples Center, it, we're not going to call it the other thing. No, it's Staples Forever. Is a barn. It's not pretty in and there. So how do you make that glamorous they... event? No, I loved the little tables. I liked the walk around. I loved seeing everybody kind of mingling and talking mm -hmm. and walking up. It felt like a theater. And yeah. they did a really good job. Yeah. And those are the stars. That's who we want to see. We want to see their dresses. And then they dress for it because they have space. Yep. And they get up and they chit chat. And it's like, and they really did a good job of putting good people in good places. Because Lizzo was up the whole time talking. Yep. And she was with Adele. And I loved it. So, do you have a um, an event or a, a, a job that you did in the last year that you would love to do again? That just reached the top? I don't do really high-scale stuff. Well, just your favorite is all I'm saying. I mean, honestly, like I have... One of the best things about my job, I've been doing this now almost 15 years, and I love following people through their seasons of life. That's happened a lot of times where I've gotten with somebody where they get in touch and it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, and the boyfriend's been giving flowers. Then they get engaged and then it turns into wife. And then it's, then the cards change and it's, you're such a wonderful mother. And then it's just, it's really cool to see people grow and change. And then sometimes even get new partners, but they're still using me, which is funny. Move, all that kind of stuff. I love it. That, that I like, I like celebrating people through just seasons and just kind of following them along. And then I really, really love getting to know people's personal style. My favorite thing is when a husband or a wife can call me and say, you know what she likes, you know what they like, here's the budget, bring it. And they get so excited because it feels really personal. It's a gift. I'm going to end in this very controversial question. Okay. What's my favorite flower? 
No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my, <clears throat> my favorite flower uh-huh. are poppies. I can get those. You can? I can. Not I- California poppies. I can get reg- I can get Icelandic poppies. I can get regular poppies. Because the California ones have heroin in them? No. <laughs> Why no. can't you get California ones? They're not a cut flower. They don't survive when you cut them. Oh. Yeah, the the, the they just they would just wilt right away. They're just too too fragile. And now that I'm looking around, you don't have like, I mean, maybe that's one rose. Well, it's like February. That over there are boysenberries we got at Knott's Berry Farm. But what I'm saying is, you don't bring it home. Um, no, I. Very, I mean, I'm not. I'm not dissing your backyard at all. No, I rarely have cut flowers in the house because honestly, I don't think about it. And then the best part of my job is I get to make something beautiful, and then it's here. This is going to go die in your house. So I get to see everything at its peak or how I wanted it to look. And yes. it's perfect. I mean, I have a handful of things that I love and enjoy. And I'll buy a little extra and then I keep it at home. But I have a lot mm. of plants. There's a lot of plants in the house. But I, there's no weed back here. Is it because you're sober? Yeah, probably. Is it because also that's tricky with kids? I don't smoke pot, dude. Why would I grow it? No. No, what? No. Again, we grow up fast. I got clean when I was 19. I, it was enough. This is why I love natives. Yeah, it was enough. This is this is done. like talking to a, a, a family in Amsterdam. You're kind like, of. It's like, it's they're fine. They're like, our kids don't even smoke weed. Are you crazy? What for? It's you Americans that come here. Kind of. I mean, honestly, it's like I, I, we talk about it and stuff and it's around, but I think it's... No, my kids have never seen me drunk. They've never seen me under the influence of anything. I haven't. Yeah. Let's wrap up with this. Okay. We met each other on Twitter. Yeah, we did. And by the way, you are so much more pretty in real life. I appreciate that. Than your Twitter icon. I don't. You look fine. (laughs) But when I met you, I was like, "Look look at her. And this happens a lot on the internet. When you meet people in person, you're like, hmm, they're taller. Yeah. They're thinner. They're prettier. Whatever yeah. it is. Well, it's not your face on your Twitter bio either. I think it's just your hat. And like it's, maybe it's, like it's, a it's piece of your a, face. It's that AI thing. Oh, is that what you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it used to be a, a Twitter bird with a fist. But <laughs> then, but then uh, a lady from MSNBC stole it. Boo. I mean, stole it. I didn't make it. Okay. Whatever. So, um, so we met on Twitter. Yeah. You are very active on Twitter, which I like. Oh, thank you. Uh, you come across as a progressive. I am. I was a little nervous about this interview. Why? Because usually people who have Bible verses in their Twitter bios. Oh, yeah. Romans 12. Yeah. What does Romans 12 mean to you? It's to me, it's a call to how to live. What element? Um, sort of living in, in it, not of it. That concept of. So I'm a Christian. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> And, um, as are many Latinas, I'm not a Catholic. You, you switch. You, you, no, I was never Catholic. We weren't raised Catholic. I would, I would call it culturally Catholic the way that there's a lot of cultural Jews. Did you have a, a I had a quince. Yeah, I had a quince. I had a quince, but not at a church. We just had a party. Fun. Um, I wasn't baptized in Catholic church. Huh. Um, my mom, grandma wasn't into this stuff. My grandma was Catholic, right? 
again sort of culturally catholic we mm-hmm. were around she believed a lot more and then not believed but practiced i guess is the word i used to go to church with my grandparents every once in a while but i grew up born again so i grew up in like hippie venice church my mom was born again do you remember what church in venice yeah hope hope chapel it was over by the post office so like windward circle close-ish yeah. on riviera and that's the church i grew up in and then um kind of went away from it for a while yeah Romans 12 yeah. talks a little bit about um, let God do the vengeance for you. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? That and sort of being an example, living as an example and living in unity with people, choosing love first, choosing to be an easy person to get along with, being fair and not vengeful not you know fists of fury just going out and being like this is what i believe you have to be like me but living in peace with people as 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 is possible live at peace with the people around you whatever that looks like so it's like very libra stuff i guess yes it's very libra fights with so there's the progression too it's just like i'm a believer also soups into astrology so yeah but also that's you know that's when you get catholics that are really into santeria it's really the same thing but but to me romans 12 is is kind of like that like um fight your enemies with love yeah instead of i mean you're not going to beat people over with the bible and win anything you're not going to win any fights you're just not going to win fights in general no i think is what romans is saying so don't even try win them if you're going to even try to win them over win them over with love because that's a reflection of god yeah and it's like we raising raising Christian kids in the city is not difficult. It's not a difficult thing to do. And we go to a church that is super diverse. We chose it because it's got ministry all the way up through high school because it's really big for me, having gone through youth group and different things like that, to sort of have a core community of people and relationships that my kids can build that are outside of our home where they feel safe talking about stuff. They feel safe asking questions that maybe I can't answer or they just don't want to ask me, but they have more. It just builds life more. And being a progressive and being a believer are not mutually exclusive. There's a lot of us out here for sure. And I know a lot of times too, definitely people when they find out I'm a Christian, they get real nervous. They do? Oh yeah. That you're going to try to convert them or something? That I'm going to try and convert them, that they think that I'm in judgment, that I'm being, I'm going to be weird. I don't not drink because I'm a Christian. I don't not drink because I am an addict. Right. So that's, I mean. Do you go to meetings? No, not anymore. I used to. Yeah. But I've been, I've been clean now. April will be, oh my gosh, 22 years. Wow. 20, no. I got clean in, yeah, it'd be 22 years, 2001. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Is it is it still hard? Hard's not the word. I know I can never pick up again. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me the other day, how do you know what, like, for instance, uh, I was struggling with anxiety and I was talking out with a friend and she was like, why don't you get a prescription for it? Xanax or something, right? And I said, because I know that I will abuse that thing. Oh. If I don't judge anybody who uses prescription drugs as they're recommended and if they're in recovery, that's up to them and their doctor. I know that I can use, I have really bad allergies 
terrible line of work, I know. <laughs> but I get to a certain point where the only thing that will clear my congestion will be like the behind the counter pseudoephedrine, yeah. the hardcore stuff where you swipe your ID. <laughs> I can use that without abusing it. I right. can take one and then not take it for like another month. Yeah. I don't trust that I can not pick up and drink one glass of wine. Right. I cannot do that. I know for me, that's not the right choice. So if you're in the front row at the Palladium. Everybody will absolutely be getting high. And Perry has that wine bottle. I'm, there might be water in it, but go on. You think so? We were just watching a live concert on YouTube the other day. And I asked my husband, I was like, what are your bets that there's water in it? And he was like, it's Perry. It's, it's probably booze. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I did used to go to meetings, though. And so, yeah, that, that was a big Wait, kind of conversation. Whatever gets you where you got to go. Well, no, I mean, it was there were conversations about that. How do you deal with that? And I remember. Well, I guess I'm just setting up the, the worst uh, situation where Perry wants to pour out a little wine for you. Do you accept it? No. Fuck no, right? No. Also. And, and Perry knows better in this town. Why would he be pouring <laughs> wine? Maybe on somebody. He's not going to pour me a glass and be like, here, rando. <laughs> here, clearly a 40-year-old mom of two. Which the whole audience is. Oh, my gosh. There's going to be so many old people. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and like, I'm, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we saw, so we got that Golden Voice pass, that, that like, wristband thing. And so we went to a crap ton of concerts you know. Just lets you go to wherever ever you want. It was the Wiltern, the Palladium, all the big clubs, like the bigger yeah. theater clubs. And regardless if it was sold out or not, we could just walk in. We could get tickets and walk Is in. Is this over? It's over. It was only three months. It was oh. like October to December, through the end of December. And you really used it. We did went to Mars Volta. We saw we went to Orange County. We saw <laughs> we saw a bunch of bands. Anyway, there was a lot of that. I was just like, I'm pretty sure I'm getting high tonight. I don't know what this is. And it was... Contact high. Contact high. Yeah. Yes, contact high. And it was very... I mean, I used to be more militant about it because I didn't like feeling out of control. And now it's okay. It is it is what it is. But I remember going to Coachella and my husband, we were boyfriend-girlfriend then, Queens of the Stone Age was playing. And then it's just a sea of weed. It was just like simmering and coming up. And I remember him grabbing me and just being like, this is stoner balance. Just get the hell out of here. And I was just like, what? I want to see this set, though. And he just, like, grabbed me and we ran out. But, yeah, used to it. Brooke, it's been fantastic. This has been great. Thank you for having me in your backyard. I hope I said some things that made sense. I feel you like that was all over the place. You said a lot of things that made sense. Okay, good, good. You were great. Thank you. Where can we uh, buy flowers from you? Do you just sell to just randos? Yeah, I have a website. I'm a business. I'm What's legit. the website called? The Plum Dahlia. That's me. The Plum Dahlia. Yes. So theplumdahlia.com. Is that is that a play on no, the Black Dahlia? No, no. It bums me out whenever people make the connotation. It just happened to be my favorite color and then the, the my favorite flower. It's a plum colored. It's a little bit of a burgundy, a little bit of a purple, and it's a Dahlia. And then I knew that that would be the connection. And I was like, all right, I'll let it go. Yeah. So for years, for a long time, people would call me and ask, can you get black dahlias? No, they're not real. They don't exist. Oh, they don't? A very, very, very dark brownish red is the closest they've gotten. Mm. But what ended up happening was when that TNT TV show came out, yep. they called me and I actually did the um, their after party for the premiere. It was at the, the house over in Los Feliz. Oh. They rented out the house. So. Is that the Emma's house? What do they Ennis? call that house? 
No, it's, it's not Ennis. It's, it's on, it is a guy's name. It's on Los Feliz Boulevard or it's, Fountain. It's, I, I think Franklin. Franklin. Is that yes. the one? Yeah, the the Lloyd weird. Wright house. It's, it's when when you go through the gates, it looks like uh, a lap pool could have been it's there. Very narrow. It's very spooky and scary I inside. I heard that they built it because the family were theater people and wanted to do little cute plays for their friends. It it's shaped like that. It's very narrow. It's made out of cement. Yeah. So when you go in, it's little tiny corridors and turns and corners. It's very dark. And it was set up for this event, this party. And so there's little nooks and stuff. But I did, they wanted dahlias for hair clips. And they wanted boutonnieres. And they needed, you know, I think it was like 150 stems of just the flowers. And we ended up building, me, not we, I, uh, did um, like a wall of black. And they had to spray paint them. I had to, so I did burgundy plumish colored dahlias and then i hit them with a little bit of black paint but we did like i think i made a hundred hair clips and a hundred boutonnieres something like that was it a good payday yeah it was fine it was good and tnt pays it was a production company it wasn't tnt Even but yeah better. i know it was fine it was good i love doing production stuff I lo- i'm trying to get into styling so we'll see okay well the plum dahlia.com yeah or just plumdalia.com. The the plumdalia.com. Plum mm-hmm. And on Twitter you what's your uh, I'm Mama Wetzel. Mama Wetzel. Across across everywhere I was able to score it even on post. <laughs> I tried I tried to make that a thing. <laughs> what a pleasure meeting you. It's really nice to meet you, Tony. This was super cool. It was. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, this is awesome. By the way, anybody who's out there, be like Brooke. If you want to be on the show, just ask. Hey, I just said, have you been to South Robertson yet? It's kind of a weird neighborhood that nobody's ever heard of. Why don't you come down? It was great. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. How great was Brooke? You know who we'd see Jane's Addiction with at the Hollywood Palladium? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a dozen roses, you sexy beasts. So shout out to our Patreons. Nancy Rahman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina Up North, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under, and Chris from the ATX. To be a Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you gotta do is shovel over 25 bucks via PayPal or Venmo. And we'll list you on the Here in L.A. website or this Medium blog forever. Just send your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you bet on the wrong team to win the Super Bowl? Same. You can still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. You know, if you love us, you do it. And this is a great episode to do this for. Because Brooke was fantastic. And this is what this podcast is all about. Give a little love to Brooke. Give a little love to here in L.A. Stoke her flower biz. Stoke our podcast biz. Go crazy. Post two episodes. Oh, my God. Tweet something nice about this. In fact, anytime you see me tweet, just retweet it. Click. Click. The clicking doesn't always work when Elon Musk is in charge of Twitter. But when it does, you should just click it. Tell your friends how Here in L.A. is spelled. It's on Apple Podcasts and Google, Amazon, and so many others. 
Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who used to skate the half pipe in Dogtown, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Oregon and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and everyone, like flower artists, who make the world a more beautiful place. Long live poppies!